Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. I am beyond excited for today's episode because I'm talking with not only my friend, but money, mindset, and success coach, Marita Hansen. And we haven't really talked about money yet. So personally, I'm very excited to dig in today. And we're going to be talking all about money, how it relates to love, relationships, dating, how to manifest more of it and how to get your finances in order while you're single or wherever you're at in your journey. doesn't matter. So welcome, Rita, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's start out with a little bit about you and your story. Yeah. So how I came to be a money mindset and success coach has been kind of a uh, three or four pronged journey, if you, I guess I could say. Um I kind of grew up in the the corporate track as many of us have as a sales salesperson as a sales leader as a sales coach and found that I really loved teaching and coaching other people and in 2020 as many of us did I kind of hit a point where I was really searching for what brought me more of a sense of purpose and um was thinking about how I could really help people going forward and one of the things that kept coming up as I was exploring um, what I wanted to do next and what potential business I was going to start was how easily uh, solutions with money came to me. And this came through my experience with paying off uh, six figures in debt at a very early age in my 20s, becoming obsessive with learning about all things money, personal finance, and ultimately really healing my relationship with money before transitioning out of my full-time corporate job and moving into my coaching business full-time. And so a lot of learning has been done across the last few years as I've been working with clients of all different backgrounds, um, but really on a mission to make money a little bit easier, particularly for women who feel restricted um, from a societal perspective around what they're able to do with their lives, especially when it comes to money barriers. So helping people get excited about their lives and taking control of financial freedom through the work that we do. And I feel like you and I have gravitated towards each other. We totally hit it off when we met because 
I'm in the field of love, you're in the field of money, but there really is such a strong correlation to the work we're doing, you know, the manifesting, the healing work, the the mindset behind it. So I feel yeah. like we can talk about that underlying connection and how it really is all related and connected. Yeah, absolutely. We met, I think, almost a year ago, which was maybe a little bit uh, uh, about nine months ago, right after I had gone through a breakup. So I was, I was keen to talk a lot about money and, and love and how that all intertwined. So um, yeah, I can definitely share some experiences there, but I agree. I think it's all very blended and I see that in the work I do with clients every single day. So what do you work on with clients in that realm? How do you start building, helping them build their relationship with money? It's a good question because I think there's two ways we look at relationships and money. One is the relationship that you have with money yourself. And so in that lens, what we're doing is taking a look at what money habits you picked up, maybe from your parents or guardians or grandparents and how those are actually interacting in your world today. So we can pick up money habits as early as the age of like two or three. And a lot of those habits are cemented in our brains for a very long time. And many of us are walking around as, as toddlers pretending to use our money in a certain way today. And so really evaluating like, what are those core memories that have shaped the way that I use money today? What are the beliefs that I still have around money that restrict me from having what I want? And once we can get clear on that, we can start to to shift to the other lens, which is going to be more clarity around what do I actually want going forward? How can I actually put practical steps into place to get there? Um, And really starting to rebuild what that new definition of success and money looks like for you. Um, But without kind of going through those steps, it can be really murky and really challenging. Uh, And then the other lens is obviously your relationship with money and and the external world and how you're interacting with your family members and your romantic relationships and even coworkers and managers and things. So that one is a little bit more complex. And I think it starts with the foundation of your own relationship with money, and then you can really build from there. And it can be really, really empowering and life-changing once you can, can kind of get more comfortable talking about money in general. It's yeah. And as you're saying that it's absolutely the same process with love and relationships, like getting, identifying what patterns we picked up as children and just having that awareness, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness, (laughs) the awareness is key. Yeah. And then I feel like you and I working in these fields, like we, it, it can be easy to think, oh, everyone knows this, right? Like we all know we pick up patterns and then you realize like, oh no, people don't realize how much they learned from their childhood is now affecting how they're acting and spending and behaving in their adult life. Yep, absolutely. And I think obviously we change so much as we move from like ages three or four to 30, 35, 40. And so not letting yourself uh, be stuck in those old stories. And the same goes for how we're interacting with our partners and our family members is not necessarily letting other people's stories dictate your triggers or how you handle money, but really being open to kind of having those conversations open to seeing another side and being open to receiving more than, than what's traditionally been available to you. Mm -hmm. So what could someone do that maybe they're listening now and they're like wanting to start this process? What would you recommend? Maybe some steps they could take to start building this relationship on their own. Yeah. So going back to what I said before, I think 
I, I, you and I are both avid journalers. I've done a lot of my best inner work in doing journaling. And so one of the steps I take in a lot of my courses around mindset are just writing down what your first core memories actually are. And so it might even be a blip in the radar of like, I remember my dad used to take us to get root beers after school every day. And like, I saw him, you know, make the transaction and that really sticks with me and how I, I like to take my own children, you know, for a treat after school, whatever it is, it could be something like an argument that your, your parents had had and you overheard when you were really young, just writing down a few of those money memories, good or bad and noticing how they make you feel and noticing any connection to the way that you interact with money today. Um, and you'll probably start to notice some patterns, even if it is a, a distinct memory, noticing some patterns and starting to see where you feel restricted restriction around money. So feeling like money doesn't grow on trees, which is a common thing that we heard when we were growing up, or I just can't afford this, or this is too much noticing any of those statements, because those are, are operating from, from that lack mentality and seeing what the deeper rooted belief is there. So a lot of journaling practice on what memories you have, what are some of the beliefs and how could they be showing up today and potentially blocking you from, from what's available. So what happens after that when someone's identified a pattern, they've created the awareness and they, they feel like, well, I I still need more money. Like I want more money. What do I do now? Yeah. So once you've identified the pattern and you you want to start getting clear on what you actually want, that is where it can get confronting. So you and I actually were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's like, okay, I finally feel free. I've gotten clear on those limiting beliefs. I've gotten clear on what might be holding back. And now I'm ready for my, you know, ascension into this like incredible goal that I have for myself. But wait, like, why am I not there? How do I get from A to Z? And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is like going from A to Z. It's hard to see what those steps in between look like. And so we end up throwing in the towel and being like, forget it. I can't do it. This is too hard. I'm never going to get to that goal that I want to. And so this is where some of the magic I think needs to come into play, obviously. And I like my approach is very much where the woo meets the work. So believing in that goal, believing in the fact that things can happen for you, even if you're you're not seeing it coming together right now, but putting practical steps into play to get there. So I would say to anchor in on that bigger picture belief and like the what you really want for your life, make it really juicy and exciting and expansive. And then see all of the steps in between as something that is supporting you to getting that goal. So we were talking about, okay, what if I can't pay my bills right now? I know I want to get to this amazing dream house and dream job that feels super unattainable. How can you see what you're doing now? So maybe cutting back on things that feel uh, unnecessary or uh, working a waitress job or working a job that feels really constrictive to me, how can I use that as like a cash injection to my dreams? Like this is something I'm doing now so that I can get that much closer to those those dreams that I have for myself. I know they're coming. I'm not going to worry about exactly how I'm going to get there, but all of the work I'm doing now is just something that's helping me get to the, that goal faster. And I know that I'm I'm putting these steps into play with the same energy that I will once I'm there. Yeah. It makes me think of the balance of masculine and feminine energy of we need structure, we need strategy, but we also need to trust and surrender to a certain extent. Yeah. It's hard because a lot of us, and I, I struggled with this 
our definition of success is often tied to what we're doing in our careers or how much money we're making. And so I think it comes with redefining what success looks like for you. That doesn't mean that you need to become, you know, a a monk who lives in a, a tiny cabin in the woods and doesn't see anyone or make any money. Like you can still, you can still tune into a different definition of success, but still want a ton of money and to show what that abundance is around that money. I think people get stuck on like, if I want more than I need, I'm feeling greedy. And so that's like your ego telling you like, this is something that's bad and tuning into, okay, if I'm making more money, what is that going to bring to my life? It's going to help me impact other people. It's going to show other people in my life what's possible for them. It's going to help me um, provide wonderful experiences for my family, right? So tuning more into like, what's that feeling? What's the the soul telling you versus like the ego that might be telling you that this is not the path we decided on and it's bad and selfish for you to want more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so much deprogramming to do. It's like, I think of it like going in our brains and dissecting, you know, all the crap that we were told or beliefs Mm -hmm. that we had and like peeling it apart. Yep. It's literally the same process with any beliefs that we're carrying with us. What is your process for manifesting? It's a great question. I've been spending a lot of time on manifesting this month. I've actually taught manifesting as manifestation as part of my mindset courses before, but I feel like I'm understanding it on a whole new level right now. Um, so I think, like I said before, getting getting really clear on what you do want and playing that movie or tape over and over in your mind, um, making a new version of it every single day and really kind of embodying that. So getting clear on what it looks like, even if it seems like extravagant, silly, whatever it may be, um, picturing yourself embodying that version of uh, the advanced version of you Um, one that's big for me is finding expanders or mentors. So people who are already living that life that you want to be living, whether it's through a business lens or a family lens or romantic lens, a lot of times we associate that with jealousy. And so we're like, oh, I, I, I'm angry because they have what I, I don't have. And I want that, but using that as a, 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 an opportunity to kind of study and see what is possible for you, um, and then, like I said before, knowing that that dream is possible, but not holding on too tightly to the how. So we we think about A to Z versus just setting our sights on Z and trusting that it's happening as long as we're starting to take one step ahead of one step, one foot in front of the other. So this might mean like I have $50,000 in credit card debt and I can't see the path towards getting there right now, but I know what I can do is make an additional $100 every month towards my goal. And anytime I have an an abundance or excess of money, I'm going to put it towards that. And so I'm trusting that I'm continuously working towards it. or I'm going to say yes to any side jobs that will allow me to get there. So worrying less about the how, but really getting clear on, on what that goal is, releasing timelines and watching the magic happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And one, one more thing I'll say to you on that is the examples that manifesting has manifestation has really showed up in my life. Actually, it's primarily been around uh, my home life is just getting crystal clear on the exact home I want. Mm dollars and cents have never made sense in terms of me, like actually looking at my budget never has made sense. And it has happened for me now twice. The last two homes I've lived in have just fallen into place. Um, and my income has increased as a result of me getting clear at my 
perfect home has fallen into my place. Like the situations mm-hmm. have changed. And so I've seen it happen. And obviously I know money well, but like I've seen the magic happen as well, which is really cool. And the more you see it, the more you believe it, the more you trust in the process. It's hard when someone doesn't have that trust to really encourage them to build that trust. Or even I've had clients tell me they, they can't see a future. They can't visualize a better future, like a dream future. Right. How would you help someone with that? That came up a lot actually in my last course around, because a lot of the people I actually work with, I'm starting to work more with, with entrepreneurs, but a lot of people I work with have never hired a coach before, never worked in a program. And so it's their first time kind of taking the leap and doing a program with me. And when you haven't done some of this work before, it can be really confronting and manifestation seems like such a silly thing and like crazy people do it and all that stuff. And that's really, as you dig a little bit deeper, in most cases, it is uh, a struggle with self-worth or worthiness of having those things that you want. And so it seems so far in the distant future. And it's really confronting to find out like, I don't actually believe that I'm capable or worthy of having these things that seem so extravagant and wonderful and actually would bring me the most joy. I don't feel like I deserve them because of that, that programming again. So on the, on the question of like, how do you do this? This is where the mindset works work comes in because if you're listening to this or looking at my posts and rolling your eyes and saying this was possible for her because she made a lot of money and she did this this and this and it could never be possible for me or like must be nice like then you're not in the right headspace and that's okay like you can still get from I mean I trust me I've been there I never thought I was going to be a business owner but but moving from one stage of the emotional scale to the next, not necessarily feeling like you need to move from like, I'm frustrated with my life. I feel a lot of fear and anxiety around what comes next to like complete elation and living in joy. But just focus on the better feeling thought, if you will, or focus on getting from one step to the next and just starting to get more curious. Like what if, what if I were to move into my dream house on the lake? Like what, how, how would that actually work? Like what, like how, like what are a couple of different options for how I could potentially see that happening? Or what would I like, what would I be doing on a typical day at that dream house in the lake? Like just starting to get more curious and you'll notice that you're starting to move closer and closer to seeing how it could potentially come into action. Yeah. It's like playing around with different futures until I think there's so much work to be done by checking in with the body until we get that, feel that little spark of excitement. Like, Oh, what if that did happen? What if I could have meet the love of my life? What if I could buy a house and I'm living in my dream house five years from now and playing around with different ideas until it kind of starts to click. The what if, the what if is really fun because I think so often we get stuck and like, this isn't possible for me. And it's just like, just play around with that world for a little bit. Like, what if, what if I just, what if I was, what if I was that person that I think on about as an expander? What if, what if I could just have my dream job? Or what if I could spend two hours a day working and the rest just painting or being creative? Like, what would that feel like? And not necessarily needing to know how it would happen or why it's even possible, but just starting to let yourself feel feel a little bit better and feel into the excitement that that brings you. Yeah. And this is why I love Pinterest and 
or using social media as a tool rather than, you know, just experiencing envy or jealousy, but using it as a tool to kind of shop around and see like, yeah. oh, what, what is, what sounds exciting to me? And it's, could, that could be the simplest way to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've struggled with that with social media because you do get in, that's another challenge with money is like people get into self-comparison of like, how did she afford the wedding that I wanted? Or how does she afford that house? It must be her husband or whatever. Like we create these stories in our minds. And so whenever you're noticing that like negative rabbit hole, taking that as a chance to say like, okay, I'm not going to let myself, I'm going to either unfollow or mute or disassociate from this, or I'm going to reframe it. And like, I'm curious and I want to know, and that's inspiring and I'm excited and I want to learn more about how she did this. So noticing like which side you're going down because it can either be really damaging or it can create like a, that what if excitement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk more about love or money and relationships. And I know I've seen you talk about this a little bit online of like dealing with money issues, if you're in relationship or even family member relationships, like not necessarily just intimate relationships. So what is your, your opinion or your process of how to start handling that relationship better? Yeah. I think the first part is usually that usually comes along as when you are evaluating your money stories now, which is usually an association with like a mother or father figure in most cases. And so that might require you doing some reflection on not only how do you interact with money now, but like what are the patterns you've seen in those those models or examples and how do you want to use that to be inspiration to change your own story? What parts of their story do you want to keep with you? Maybe it is that root beer trip after school or whatever it is. I want to keep those those light moments of money, but I'm releasing anything that no longer fits into where I'm going. So I would say from a family member perspective is it's almost just doing some noticing and awareness and then um, setting boundaries is huge with, with family members as well. And getting clear on what you want is that much more important because you're able to set softer boundaries around what you're willing to say yes to, what you're willing to say no to. And then in romantic relationships, I see this all the time. So my clients come to me and they're either newly dating or they're going through a breakup or they're in a very serious relationship or they're married and, or I actually more recently have had several people who have been divorced. So like I've seen a a very wide spectrum, but, um, and it, it does create a lot of challenges. I think the biggest thing I would say is the ones that are willing to open up and have conversations in a vulnerable place with their partners are usually the ones that make the most progress. So opening up and sharing some of those stories that feel really scary and feel really restrictive for you and sharing that with your partner so that they understand a little bit more about where you come from and asking them, getting curious, you know, what are some memories that you had growing up or why do you feel like you do interact with money the way that you do now? Tell me a little bit more about, about your thoughts and dreams and excitement around money or things that scare you. Because without that conversation, before we even get into like budgeting and investing and planning for the future, like without that conversation, we create a lot of stories in our head. So I see so often, even with like married couples who are like, I could never talk to my husband about this because he assumes that I'm doing X, Y, and Z, or he would, he would think I'm being such a brat, or he would, he would never want me to spend money on myself. 
When in reality, that's just a story that comes from their old wounds. And when they do actually have the conversation with their partner or their husband, they are shocked with how receptive they are because they're coming with an open, vulnerable, either confession or, or conversation and their partner wants to be a part of that. And they actually are encouraging them to go and do whatever it is that they want, or they're encouraging them to, to open up the conversation and, and share what their life experiences are with money. Um, but without really opening up and, and having that first money date be one that where you're just kind of expressing any of the emotions that you currently tie to money and where you want to be, it gets really challenging and triggering, honestly, to talk about budgeting or talking about spending habits or whatever it may be, because we're all operating from that wounded space and we don't know what what each other's stance is on money without asking. And I feel like it's so important to start having these conversations early before marriage. What do you feel like couples can do if they're dating or considering marriage what can they do to start having these conversations? I agree with you. I think as early as possible and, and kind of like ripping off the bandaid, it makes it easier as you do go through those like awkward hiccups as you go through a relationship with money. Like knowing that you've already opened up a bit is going to make those awkward seasons as you navigate them, it's going to make it so much easier. So um, like even even as you do start dating, right? It's always awkward. Like who's going to pay for the first, second, third date? How do we split up these bills? Um, like for me, I'm pretty traditional. I love when the my my male counterpart pays for my first date, right? But on the second or third date, I usually try to make sure that I'm I'm paying for something. But thinking about like what feels good to me and. Um, maybe even a few dates in being like, hey, you know, I, I I love that you're taking care of me, but I wanted to let you know that I'd love to pay for the next one. Just starting to get a little bit more comfortable even early on. First, most people will take a few months. And so maybe you're starting to to eat out more regularly, um, deciding if it does feel good. Does it feel good to to Venmo each other after each date? Or maybe that feels really transactional and not so good. Um, and so we want to just start switching off, right? Like for each person, it's different. And I'm happy to share my experience, but I think every single person is different. And that's where a lot of the triggers will come out. If you are used to experiencing money in one way and your partner is used to experiencing it in a totally different way, it can be really confronting when those are conflicted and you don't, again, know what's going on behind the scenes. So I would say opening it up, um, asking a question like, hey, you know, I listen to this money podcast, blame it on us. Like, and I, I noticed that money is a really hot topic. I'd, what was money like for you growing up? Or how do you feel about money today? Um, not assuming anything. Even I, I have a lot of clients who will assume like, I have this knight in training armor. He's coming in to save me. He's going to pay off all my debt or he's going to buy, he's going to buy the house or she's going to buy the house. And so assuming like one thing about our partner without knowing that they actually have a lot of skeletons in their closet, or there's, there's a lot of big commitments they've made. And, and so making that just a part of kind of the vulnerable opening up, I think money is just as vulnerable as like having sex and having conversations about sex. So like, um, ripping off the bandaid and seeing how they react, I think will tell you a lot about where the, the relationship is, is heading and there's no perfect solution, but I think the sooner that you can do it, um, the better because it really is such a, a eye-opening and um, can really help you accelerate the relationship, I think. 
Yeah. It just even being able to have the conversation first of all, and if the other person can reciprocate and they don't shy away from it will be very telling regardless of what you guys talk about or what you put on the table. Exactly. If this is your person, they should be open and receptive, even if it's an uncomfortable conversation. And if not, then there's there's probably more for you to dig, dig into. And that makes me think too, like, okay, so say two people are open and receptive, they have the conversation, but they come from very different money backgrounds, very different money beliefs. It's like, where do you draw that line or decide, oh, this would be compatible based off of our our money beliefs or the way we spend or yeah, what we, how we feel about this topic. Well, I think that's going back to the don't assume anything because a lot of, I see people who come from very wealthy backgrounds and make a ton of money in their day day job today, but still operate from a very wounded lack space. And then I see people who haven't come from any money and don't make a lot, but are very generous and maybe too generous in their spending. And so again, not assuming anything, because even if you do come from a really wealthy background, um, there's still probably some stories that are playing on repeat around money um, and vice versa. But I would say, I don't even think it relates to money in terms of compatibility. I think in many themes that I'm sure you see, I think it's just a matter of is this something we're willing to go deeper around together and grow with together and not something that you're shutting down or not willing to explore? Because there are a lot of triggers associated with money that can be really damaging in relationship, but it's better to get that opened up out the door early on versus seeing it explode 10 years into a marriage or Um, have a lot of secrets or not know necessarily as you're planning to get married or at different phases of your relationship, it it can be something that really helps you grow together if you do it in the right way versus something that could potentially be really damaging down the road. And finance is the number one divorce indicator. So that just shows how important, how much of an impact it has on relationships. Yeah. And I know I know you mentioned having money dates. What does that entail? Yeah. So the first one is that money date around just getting to know each other's money stories. But I always like to recommend money dates as like a regular habit for hygiene around money. So um, it can be monthly. It could be biweekly. It could be weekly, depending on how you manage your finances. Um, As a business owner now, I do mine weekly, but I used to do them monthly. And basically it's an opportunity for you just to pull up on your goals, your mutual goals, your individual goals together, see how things are tracking, seeing if anything's changed, Um, pull up on how you're tracking towards those goals from a savings perspective, maybe taking a peek at your retirement accounts, uh, making sure you've looked at the last month's spend and are in agreement in terms of what's important in the coming month. And really just an opportunity for you to sit down and review anything that might be upcoming, unexpected, uh, challenging trips, et cetera, and make sure that you're on the same page and fully agree on how things are being paid for or um, what the next step looks like in terms of, of the journey towards those goals. So it's really just a dedicated time every month, usually the same time, pour a glass of wine or have a, have a cup of coffee. Um, sit on your favorite couch or chair and sit down and have a conversation around around money um, that feels really open and expansive. Mm-hmm. So what about for singles? 
what do you recommend for them and how can they get their finances in order so they feel empowered and, you know, ready to enter their next relationship or whatever their goals are? So when you're single, this is the best time to actually get your finances in order. I'm currently single and money dates are something that I look forward to because it's really an opportunity for me to reset on my goals to make sure, make sure the goals I currently have are still in line with where I'm headed. Uh, I make sure I build an aligned spending plan, which means looking at what's coming in for me right now, that's variable, but for most of, of your listeners, I'm sure you'll, you'll kind of be used to those regular biweekly or monthly paychecks that you can organize some of your finances around. Um, and then looking at what you're spending your money on. So what are the mandatory expenses that I have? What are some of the fun expenses or non-negotiables that I want to make sure I'm including in my spend plan every month? Where am I mindlessly spending quite often? Am I going to target a lot? Am I going a little bit heavy on the Ubers? And getting clear on what that looks like. So looking at that every month without fear and kind of lifting the curtain there. Because that will allow you to decide how much money can I actually be putting towards my savings goals every month? How much do I need to put towards my emergency fund based on what I spend every month? Um, What excites me? Is it travel? Is it experiences? Is it taking my parents out to dinner every week? Thinking about what those goals are and making sure you have a plan to automate some of the savings towards those. Um, looking at retirement accounts. This is something a lot of people don't even know how to log into their retirement accounts or they have 401ks or Roth IRAs from like three employers ago, taking the time to actually migrate those over, reviewing your credit card benefits and making sure you have a plan to get out of any credit card debt or student loans. There are a number of things that you can do in a money date and this is going to depend person to person. So it's important not to necessarily feel like you need to bite off more than you can chew. Start with one thing Start putting 45 minutes on the calendar every single month and seeing how you can slowly make progress towards your goals. And if you need some tips, I have plenty of tips on TikTok and Instagram, and you can kind of go and use those as a starting point. Um, But knowing that any progress and any consistent process will will really help you uh, exponentially towards your goals going forward. But being single is the best time to do it. I have a couple clients who got married recently this year and were scrambling to like pay off debt and get their money in order because they didn't want to start the marriage off uh, with, you know, that weight they were carrying around their finances. So I think this is actually something, one of the number one things you could be doing to get yourself ready for that divine partnership for that next relationship is, is clearing out any old unhelpful money stories that you might be carrying. The best time to do all these, all the work. (laughs) Yes. Prepare for your future. And the fear is so real of, especially when I feel like I've been in a spending mode. I'm like, I don't want to look at my bank account, but you know, you have to face it. You have to rip the bandaid and just do it. And it's going to lead to a better outcome if you actually just face it. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, I love to ask a bit of a fun question. So I have a couple, let's see, what is something on your bucket list that you would like to do within the next year? Hmm. Good question. I have been really wanting to go to either Colombia or Costa Rica (laughs) or both. And so those have kind of been on my radar and I would love to make that happen in the next year. Do you want to go for a long time? Do you want to do like a retreat? What do you envision? Good question. I don't think... I don't think I want to go for 
more than maybe two or three weeks I've been like in a very big season of like grounding with my dog and my house and um but I think two or three weeks in either of those locations would be awesome and not a retreat but I definitely have learned to through my own version of retreats like on trips like that where I'm making sure I'm making time for myself so I definitely could see a lot of that happening yeah I love it love it same I want to do all of it all of that Okay. Well, where can our listeners find you and connect with you and any programs you have coming up that you want to mention now? Yeah. So I am on TikTok, (laughs) newly on TikTok and on Instagram at Marita Ray Coaching, M-A-R-I-T-A-R-A-E-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Hopefully all of you know how to spell coaching. Um, And then I do have a couple of programs coming up. So I have a mindset program That is going to be all about defining your purpose, clearing out your old money stories, manifesting the money that you want in your life, and really getting clear on what that looks like. Um, So a lot of what we talked about today, that's going to be kicking off at the beginning of February. Um, And I always have kind of uh, rolling one-on-one programs and things that help my clients get a little bit deeper. Um, So feel free to reach out if you have any questions or want to know more. Yes. And I will link your links in the show notes so people can find you easily. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for chatting all about money and love and all the things. And yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.